the big mindset that new agents need to have when they get in the market is patience. And I get scared. I look at things almost as a challenge, right? And when I am challenged, I feel like I bring myself best self to the plate. Um, I used to chase the ROI all the time, return on investment. And over the course of time, that has evolved into what I call return on life. Hello, everyone. This is Randy Dick here on the Return on Life podcast. As you've heard before, it's not about the ROI. At least I've said that before. It's not always about the ROI. We've all chased the ROI, but it's about return on life, chasing the ROL. And I have an amazing guest today, Brandon Greenplate. And just where he lives gives me return on life. You can see that I've got some ocean and some sunsets. He's got sunrises and ocean all the time. He's in Hilton Head, South Carolina, which is an amazing spot. And he's going to share how he gets return on life as well as how he does his real estate business there. And he's rocking it. By the way, 30 under 30. You've been nominated or did you receive that award, Brandon? I received the award here about a month ago, 30 under 30 National Association of Realtors. So really cool honor and uh, cool to be a part of such a cohesive group of different agents throughout the country. Wow. What an exclusive honor that is. So amazing. We'll touch into that too. So without any further ado, Brandon, thank you for being a great guest here. Maybe you want to share a little bit about yourself and a little bit about your real estate community so we can get a bit of a a game plan on how we're going to learn from you. Absolutely. Randy, I appreciate you having me on first and foremost. Um, And again, congratulations on the 31 years in real estate. Um, So I'm actually originally from Pennsylvania. I grew up up there, graduated high school. Family has always had a second home down here on Hilton Head. And um, as we were growing up, it would be pretty much we're going to vacation to Hilton Head. Um, so it was a very special place growing up. I went to Clemson University, business management, entrepreneurship, spent all my summers down on Hilton Head during that time, and ultimately wound up getting into real estate, interning a little bit, and having an opportunity to come back after graduation and really run with it, commit 100%. And um, down here in this beautiful resort island, uh, most of the things that people know Hilton Head for are the beach the weather, the food, you know, and ultimately the the lifestyle. So, and I had the opportunity to come back after graduation. I jumped all over it and, um, you know, I'm, I'm selling lifestyle, I'm selling investment, uh, I'm selling the Hilton Head dream, and I'm really opening up the world of possibilities of life on Hilton Head the same way that, you know, when I was growing up, coming down, um, enjoying it and now have the opportunity to open that up to my clients. I love what I do, love where I live and just all of the different nuances of being in real estate and the businesses and the doors it opens and the connections I make. So um, I'm off and running and it's been a very cool thing to be elected or receive the nomination for 30 under 30 uh, and get selected because hard work does pay off, right? You know, it doesn't happen overnight and um, treat people right. You work hard, good things happen. Awesome, awesome. So influence played a major factor in where you landed to do your real estate. That was your, your your holiday season, your family season of landing there. But who influenced you to get into real estate? Because uh, obviously it's a beautiful spot, but but why real estate and who gave you at least maybe the, the nugget to do that or the influence to, uh, to start real estate? And then also you talked about work ethic. So maybe share about some of your uh, influencers in your life. Yeah, absolutely. So my father um, is a successful owner of a metal manufacturing business, always instilled drive in me growing up, you know, kind of always knew I wanted to do my own thing. 
I'm not a nine to five guy. I knew that from an early age. I knew that whatever I really wanted to do, I didn't want to work for myself. I loved people. I loved, you know, sharing my creativity through just getting out there and and opening doors as far as opportunities and everything. And when I was, um, actually, I was working as a jet ski tour guide down in Hilton Head for my first two summers. And then I was like, I really need to get something on my resume. So I wound um, up friend of a friend who was a broker here on the island for a long time. His name's Robbie Bunting, still my broker in charge, fantastic guy, gave me the internship, you know, first summer, got my feet in the door. He actually paid for my real estate license and came back one more summer and worked. And when I graduated, it already I was licensed. I already had an office to go back to. I knew I didn't want to go work for somebody else. I was thinking about going to some bigger cities, but my family in the meantime moved down to Hilton Head. So they were here as well, which really was a driving fact. I could move in with them. I could commit 100%. Um, so work ethic wise, definitely um, from my father. And then as far as getting the the door opened, um, my broker in charge that took a chance on me. And uh, I'd like to say it worked out. You know, that's interesting. The broker that I started with took a chance on me too. I couldn't afford to get my license. I was flat broke and he paid for it as well. So, you know, people... People see talent and obviously your talent. So, uh, and I'm going to say that I'm some talent too. <laughs> you are, you absolutely are. But, uh, you know, it's the who, it's not the how. And when you come across somebody that's got some some value to give, you got to make sure that they're part of your life. So that's really, really cool to hear that. Hey, any crucible moments, any moments along your short life, I'm going to say short compared to my life, I'm a little older than you, but is there any moments in your life that were like really challenging and tough and they just, they, they, they shaped and formed who you are today that allows you to be that great agent that you are today. Yeah, I mean, absolutely. Um, I think the big mindset that new agents need to have when they get in the market is patience. And I am somebody that does not have patience. So going through that first year of, you know, no real business, pounding the pavement, not knowing if it's going to work. And when I started, I told myself, you know, I'm going to give it hundred percent. I'm going to give it two years. I'm going to get hundred percent. And there were some challenges, right? You know, you, you have agents that have been here for 30 years and, you know, you got some 22, 23 year old coming in, trying to make a name for himself. So it, it wasn't easy. It was an uphill battle and I'm a big believer in momentum, right? So as I started to get a deal or two or three, things started opening up. My mind almost said, you know, Hey, you could do this, right? You can really do this. And then I don't even know how it happened. Probably about a year and a half in, um, I sold a $4.5 million oceanfront house. And I was like, okay, if I can do this, I can run with it from here. I'm going to use this as a big stepping stone. So I use that as momentum to really push forward. And again, it, it all comes down to relationships, treating people right, working hard. Um, but I would say those first that first year was tough. It really was. And it's it was a wake-up call. If I really want this, it's going to be hard. And this is what hard feels like. And I committed to it. Right on. You know, we, uh, we chase our passions, but passions need to have um, some, some leverage, some push, some momentum behind it before we actually go, okay, I can make something of this out of myself in doing this. And I, and I hear that in you and really to be successful, you got to put a lot of hours in um, not just eight hours, 10 hours, like, thousands and thousands of hours and it sounds like you know you really compressed those hours and success does that for you success when you start feeling it it really compresses it and it makes it much easier to put in the more effort the more time and that compounds into 
momentum, which compounds into deals. Um, hey, what's your best deal so far? Is it the $4.5 million deal? Or do you have some others that are, you, that are even like, you know, more about putting on the mantle today than that 4.5? Yeah, I mean, that, that was a classic one. That was one where it was like, all right, you know, I'm here, I can do it. Um, I would say on top of that, probably the best transaction piece of things, and this comes back to the patience of real estate. I had a guy in my database maybe two years ago, came through my website, you know, said he was going to buy something, maybe looked at one property or two over time. And, you know, I, I didn't really think anything of it. So January 1st this year, he gives me a call. He's like, Brandon, I just sold my business, my real estate, everything up there. I've got $10 million to spend and I need to do it in the next two weeks. And I'm like, okay, you know, let's do it. So we sold him four oceanfront condos and it was just a real big message to me. You never know when these people are going to come out of the woodworks. You always have to be nurturing, you know, your relationships, your leads. And sometimes those apples just fall, right? He never gave me a, a heads up of that was what's going to happen. But, you know, that was $10 million. I think we put together in one week. Um, so as far as just the transactional side, um, that 4.5 million oceanfront one was a good one. And then that too. But, you know, I've really spent time now focusing, you know, more on, people that I want to work with. Right. Um, and I get just as good of a feeling out of working with somebody that has saved up and saved up and, you know, didn't think they could buy something and then go and do it. And it, that's equally as rewarding as selling, you know, some of these monstrosities and lifestyle and all that kind of stuff. So um, those, those two are probably the biggest ones, but I've got a lot of cool stuff going on here. Uh, that's awesome. Hey, this morning I'm at the gym and my trainer says, Oh, I could never do what you do. You have to be too salesy. And I said, I don't, I'm not a salesman. I'm a problem solver. We are That's problem solvers. Problem solvers. There's always a mutually beneficial outcome. It's our job to find it. Right on. So you're talking about nurturing leads, patience. Uh, how do you generate your business, your leads? And how do you nurture those in a patient way? Yeah, I think first and foremost, it's just the mindset, right? Of the some people will buy right away or sell right away. Some, you know, you just have to have that mindset that it's going to happen for a while. As far as leads go, you know, I'm generating traffic to my website um, through Google ads. I have a Google ad guy and it's a really good message and it's actually really been taking off. It's vacation in your investment, right? So I, you know, what kind of buyer are you? Are you a lifestyle buyer? Are you an investment buyer? Or are you a combination buyer? And that message seems to resonate with people. I get them to my investment page on my site, kind of dug that niche of short-term rentals. So that's a big lead source. I have some other marketing channels that I pay for. And then ultimately, I pick up the phone after I sell a property in a neighborhood and I'll call 10 properties around it. Hey, property just sold for this. Just want to introduce myself, you know, see if it was something you had thoughts in. And, and I've gotten so many listings out of doing it that way that it's just picking up the phone is a lost art now, right? You know, you see a lot of people that even if you get the lead, you still got to call them, right? And you need many different types of leads coming in from different places. So, you know, the best types of leads are the ones that are direct mouth referrals, right? You know, people that you treat a really good job, they mention your name, and then all of a sudden it becomes a snowball, right? It rolls bigger and bigger and bigger. So I focus big time on the referrals, big time on the um, sphere of influence, networks, but then also, you know, have some creative website, Google ads, you know, do a little bit with Zillow, stuff like that. And, um, you know, it all falls into place eventually if you stick at it long enough. Wow, love it. Old school meets new school. 
Yep. Old school meets new school. That's a good one. I like that. I mean, yeah, you have to have some parts of the old school, but then I think the other thing down here with me, because when I came down to really start, I said, I'm going to flip the game on its head. I'm going to change it up. And um, how am I going to do that technology? I'm going to lean into it. Right. But I'm still going to work hard and do the fundamentals of what works regardless of the times. What are some of the technology pieces that you're using to really uh, ramp up what you do? Yeah, first and foremost, one of my favorites that I've started using is HomeBot. And um, there's another one I'm drawing a blank now that just keeps people in the loop with what their value is their home. Okay. The goal with that is to get them off of Zillow, right? When they go to Zillow and they hit call an agent, we want to keep them in our sphere, even if they're not even thinking about saying, hey, you can be in touch with what's going on with your price, where you are in equity, stuff like that. So I love HomeBot. HomeBeat is the other one. I actually use both of those. Um, other technologies that I really use as far as, you know, I use AirDNA, I use um, different things as far as database management, I use follow-up boss, um, I'm a big proponent as well in, and this is just a simple one, but setting up on portals, like I will set every person I talk to up on a property portal, if they're interested in seeing properties, they can unsubscribe at some point, right? But the technologies that we're given as agents, I think first and foremost, there's many more technologies out there, but it's how you use these technologies in order to really lead you the most amount of success. Absolutely. A friend of fear, a foe of fear or motivator of fear. What does fear do for you? Maybe neither. Friend, foe or motivator? It's a motivator for me. Um, you know, when I get scared, I look at things almost as a challenge, right? And when I am challenged, I feel like I bring myself best self to the plate um, with, when it comes to, let's just say representing somebody on one of their biggest assets that they own and responsible for correctly marketing it, getting top dollar. I mean, that's a little nerve wracking in itself. Right. So it, it pushes me up and says, all right, if this was my house, how would I want this done? Right. It motivates me to get it done the right way. And, you know, it sounds so cliche too, but my level of service that my touch points, my personal level of relationship with my clients helps me get that motivation as well to perform best for them. Those touch points, that service level, did that come from your upbringing? Did it come from seeing others in the office doing it? Did it come from a mentor? Where are you getting this high level of success so quickly, so early on in your career? What's the result of that? So I think a few different things. Actually, I, as far as the sales part goes in real estate, I'm very unorthodox. You know, my my broker opened the door for me, trained me, and then kind of threw me into the fire, right? And that's really how I learned. So I'm partially self-trained. I would say with the touch points, so I, another big thing that I do is I surround myself with people that are smarter than me. I invest in myself. I have coaches, probably three or four different coaches. So my real estate coach really drilled into me and I have a sales coach as well, but prospecting, prospecting, prospecting. Silver bullet as far as when you get off the phone with somebody, before you do, you better tell them the next time you're going to call them. And being top of mind, right? So I understand that anytime people that I'm talking to think about buying or selling real estate on Hilton Head Island, I want to be the first people to come, person to come to their mind. With that being said, I have my different systems. I have different lists as far as how soon people are ready to buy, different automations in place as far as, you know, drip marketing, email marketing, just to stay in front of them. But the biggest thing I'm telling you is just picking up the phone, asking how they're doing and um, just chatting through with things because it's a level of relationship where 
I'm trying to build with each person that I'm working with to the point where Brandon's our guy, right? You know, and I, I don't care if it's right now. I don't care if it's in the future, but I'm their guy and I'm going to make sure that I put the right systems in place in order to make sure when the time is right, I come up in their mind. And at that point, a lot of these people are friends with me, right? And, um, you know, it's just a, a very unique relationship in the aspect of work and personal. Um, but at the end of the day, work comes first. And I know them on a personal level. Right on. Well, this podcast is about return on life. And really, Hilton Head Island is all about return on life when you think about it, right? Everything is. And you sound like you sell that very, very well to anybody that's looking to either purchase or even sell. Do you have a lot of people upgrading or downgrading, upsizing, downsizing? We do. We do. Um, you know, I think right now with the high interest rates, people that are looking to upgrade, they can't really justify leaving a 2.75, 2.85% um, rate on something to upgrade for an extra bedroom. So I would say, you know, that's suppressing inventory. And the big thing with Hilton Head as a whole is, we are a resort destination that is a limited finite supply commodity. Mm -hmm. We cannot add any more land to Hilton Head and Hilton Head is 99.5% developed. One third of Hilton Head will forever be green, but where we can develop, you can't add any more to it, right? So with that being said, when the dot on the map gets bigger and bigger and bigger and more people want to come here for various different reasons, COVID being one, lifestyle, retirement, work from home, you know, it's just a, a very much so cohesive group community that is fueled on tourism as well. Um, so it's a super special place. We do see people upgrading and downsizing. But most of the time I see a lot of people that are, I like to call stepping stone properties, the same shoes my family walked in, had a condo down here, vacation for a long time, offset their expenses with rentals, and then ultimately spend enough time here to say, hey, we want to live here like my family did. We're going to sell our condo now that we spent time here. We understand more or less the ins and outs of all these different neighborhoods because we've been coming for so long and we're going to move here full time, right? So I would think that is a little bit more of what I see as far as upgrading, downgrading is going from that stepping stone to a primary residence or a bigger investment from there. Interesting. I love that kind of a market uh, to work in because there's limited supply and uh, there's no way to increase that supply. So you always have an active market. So sounds like a great place to invest. Are you investing yourself? I am very, very involved um, and have a personal passion for buying real estate, renovating real estate, repurposing real estate. Um, so I'm absolutely an investor. And when I work with investor clients, because I have both lifestyle and investment clients, right? You know, uh, but when I work with investment clients, I can walk in their shoes. I have the vendors that I use on my personal properties to, you know, get them there. I know what to look for because I have them, right? So it just gives me a different level of perspective. That's pretty awesome. And so that also, I guess, brings return on life. Do you have any other uh, side hustles beyond real estate? Yeah, I mean, I'm a very entrepreneurial guy, right? And Hilton Head absolutely is a return on life, whether you're moving down here to enjoy yourself, right? Whether you're doing it for investment or a combination of the two, um, pretty much everything in my life is around real estate. That doesn't mean I don't have any other side hustles. They're just real estate related, right? So some startups as far as in the short-term rental market and being a disruptor in that space. Um, and I look at, you know, each one of these properties I own as a separate business. So I like outside of that, I like to surf. I like to play golf. I like to boat. I like to fish, um, you know, so pretty much all the things you could think about of living on an island. 
That's cool. Hey, what's the future of real estate as per an agent? Where do you see it going? You're you're young. You've uh, experienced a lot already, and you're having success. Where is it going from your perspective as far as a real estate agent? Great, great, great question, Randy. And I think the first and foremost question is where are you a real estate agent at? Right nationally, of course. I mean, we're going to go up and down. We're we're going into some turmoil. Who really knows? But from my perspective of a real estate on Hilton Head, this this stuff is gold down here. Nobody has to be here. They want to be here. We could have ups and downs. But again, my philosophy is long-term buy and hold, right? So if you hold real estate long enough, um, the good things are going to happen on top of you know all the other benefits of owning real estate. But on a national level, I think it's important for people to understand the housing shortage, right? We're four, five million homes short, depending on where you're looking and what stats. 2008, you know, that whole crash, we stopped building homes. We started to pick back up, you know, and then COVID happened. And a million new people are looking for homes and entering the workforce each year. So until on a national level, in my opinion, um, the supply catches up to the demand, people need a place to live. You got people entering the workforce. It is a great time now to buy real estate and five years from now to buy real estate. I think there's good deals in every market, right, Randy? Um, so I, I'm a big believer of buying real estate you know, buying the right real estate that you can cover it. And specifically to Hilton Head, I think that supply and demand just gets ratcheted up, right? Because limited supply, you don't have to be here. Right over the bridge on the mainland, Bluffton, it's the fastest growing town in the state of South Carolina for the past five years. And that's because Hilton Head has developed, prices are going up. Right on. So through COVID, you were hustling and selling real estate. Anything that you can do as a takeaway that is going to escalate your, your business help you in your business. What are some takeaways from COVID that you can say were positives for your business? Yeah, I really didn't have too many negatives from COVID being in a resort location, right? So so what happened with COVID was it shook everybody up. If people were not happy with the job they had, they left. If they didn't like their spouse, they might have got separated. If they didn't like where they lived, they moved, right? So it was a huge change. And during COVID, and I was lucky enough to get into real estate prior and get established before COVID happened. So during COVID, people couldn't fly to Bermuda, right? They couldn't fly to Spain for vacation. They were looking for driving destinations. And Hilton Head being on the East Coast, not quite down as Florida, we exploded. I mean, we're talking almost double prices from 2020 to 2021, halfway through the year. More people than ever were discovering Hilton Head. They were realizing that this is a place that they can drive to. This is the beauty that they've been looking for. And it just absolutely skyrocketed and made this market completely crazy. You had people working from home now that were like, I'm done. I'm working down here. Um, and it was an immense amount of new buyers entering the market, complete influx in prices, and it just made our dot on the map that much bigger while we can't get any bigger as far as our supply. Right on. Hey, do you bet on yourself? Every day. I love it. Every day. Who else do you have to bet on, right? You know? I'm surprised how people stump, they get stumped by that question. Like, I bet on myself. Yeah, every day you got to bet on yourself. Have to. I love that. How do you struggle with uh, with with challenges that come your way? Uh I mean, we all have those days, doubt, uncertainty, whatever we're doing. What do you do with a, with a day that just isn't going your way? Yeah, I'm a big believer nobody's going to outwork me, right, first and foremost. But sometimes you need to let your foot off the gas just a little bit and take a deep breath and step back and realize that, you know, while there's so much going on that never sleeps if you don't want it to sleep, 
there are other parts to life where if you're being overworked or if you're feeling a little bit of burnout or if you're going through some tough times, you know, if I'm getting burnout, I'm backing off for an afternoon or maybe a day. And if it's a really challenging problem, you know, I'm always going to go seek somebody that is smarter than myself and get their opinion. When I, before I even got into real estate too, you know, I was, I was reaching out to all the most successful people that I would know. And I was asking them about what I should do. And ultimately it came down where obviously I got into it, but expanding out of your normal sphere and asking people for help, people want to help, you know, and I think that's something that a lot of people are too scared to do, but if you ask for help and you're authentic, you're going to get help. Right on. Who's the best? Who's the best in the world that does what you do that you'd like to become? And that could be somebody local. That could be your local broker. That could be somebody that you follow. Is there somebody that you go, gosh, if I could just get to that level and who is it and why? Yeah, I mean, this is an interesting question, but I would I would say, you know, and I don't agree with his a lot of what he says. I'm more agreeing with what he does. I'm a different person, um, but I love the model and what he's built is Grant Cardone. Right. You know, he says some stuff that's out there. He's a little too, you know, self-infatuated, um, but he has some really good messages sometimes. But the reason I say that is how he buys real estate and how he looks at an asset, which is real estate to build wealth. Right. Um, so somebody like that, where, you know, they're building an empire of buying lots of properties, capital, right. And, and understanding the complexities of a deal and what makes things successful on a billion dollar level is what I'm striving to be. I'll always sell real estate to a degree, but I'm buying real estate, you know, as I'm selling it to build up that portfolio and eventually start something bigger where I will have the opportunity to scale, you know, and really start buying property, not just as myself, but as groups. You know, you, uh, keyword in what you shared scale, we're always trying to scale and duplicate what we're doing because there's only so many hours in a day and duplication and scalability has got to be on anybody that's a, is a driver like you and that will bet on yourself. So I really appreciate that answer. That was really For good. For sure. Yeah. So let's go back to childhood. Way, way back. Way back. And there's two gifts that we're given as children. It's called curiosity and imagination. Mm-hmm. And uh, somewhere along the way, both of those kind of get either stripped out of us or we choose to not lean into them. But um, are you still a curious guy? Every day, every day. I, I want to learn something new every day because I understand that I don't know everything. Right on. Yeah, curiosity is the uh, the gateway to understanding everything that you don't know. And without curiosity, you'll never learn it. And yep. then there's the imagination piece, which I think is really sabotage for most of us we turn it off or we reach back into our history our our hard drive of everything and we have a hard time imagining what we could become because when we were kids i don't know about you but one day i was an astronaut the next day i was a doctor the next day i was a firefighter next day i was a motocross champion you know like anything that you wanted you could imagine how about you do you still let your imagination run wild I think being an entrepreneur, you have to, right? Um, There's a very thin line between creativity and execution, right? You can get too creative and get off path. You can be too focused on execution and lose that imagination or creativity. 
but I'm a dreamer. I'm a visionary. I'm somebody from a young age that really knew I wanted to do something different. I wanted to make my own path. I didn't want to go down the road that everybody else went down. And um, with that being said, I'm a huge believer in manifestation, right? You know, mm -hmm. when it comes down to, if I can make something happen, that's, you know, within a little bit of reason, there can be a lot of unreason, but you know, it's got to be somewhat possible. I'm going to visualize it. I'm going to surround myself with the right people that are doing it. I'm going to read the books about it. I'm going to do whatever it takes to get to that level. And that's kind of how I've always been. And I'm somebody that if it does not spark my attention, I won't even know that it's there. Right. But if it's something that I want to dig deeper into, I will go deeper and deeper and deeper on it. So with the whole real estate thing, it was just how deep can I go? How much can I learn? How much of an expert can I be? And then through experience, right. That's where that couples with that, you know, um, book learning, which comes from the imagination manifestation to start. Wow. What a wild recipe that is. When you can <laughs> manifest, when you can manifest, but then you've got the work ethic. I hear the work ethic coming out of you. That must be the steel town boy coming out of you. Because when you put those two things in, so I say desire, you have to have desire. We all have a, a level of desire. Could be one out of 10, could be nine out of 10. I hear a lot of desire. You're coachable. You're going you're gonna to do whatever you can to learn. And then it's the work ethic. You put those three three things together and there's no stop and success. No yep. stop. So no other choice. I don't, I don't want to set myself up for failure. I'm going to, I'm going in to succeed, right? I'm going in and you learn from failures, right? You're going to fail, but big picture, as long as you don't quit, you're going to keep going, right? Learn from that failure, move forward from it, but right never on. quit. Right on. Well, let's let's get into some fun stuff. We're being a little bit serious, so a little bit of a speed round here. Okay, we'll finish it off with that. So, if you were to land in a city for one year, any city in the world, money was no object. You didn't have to do whatever you want. You could do whatever you want to do. What city would that be? City or location? Well, we can say location or city. Tell you what, I don't know if you've ever been down to the Virgin Islands. I spent some time over in St. John for a week or two. That place, I could just sit down there with a little hut on the beach and have so much fun because it was actually, it was John Rockefeller's old island. So when he passed away, he only gave it to the U.S. government if they turned 90% of it into a national park. I have never seen any place like that in my entire life. And I'm not maybe as traveled yet as I would like to be, but I could go back there and spend the rest of my life on a beach check. <laughs> that is R-O-L, return on life. Return on life. I've been to St. John's, but, uh, but I've been to many of the Caribbean islands, and I just love, love, love landing on a Caribbean island. So good answer. Good answer. What do you do to let your hair down? Play nine holes of golf. You know, I will go out and go fishing. Um, and when I'm doing both of those things, and this is the really hard part for me, I leave my phone at home or I turn it off, right? Because you're just so connected all the time. Um, and I love being connected. I love being in the center of the deal. But you got to step away sometimes. So fishing, golf, you know, and just letting my mind go. Because, you know, when you're in this business, it's hard to slow it down sometimes with the amount of stuff that comes through. Great advice. Listeners, did you hear that? He leaves his phone at home when he wants to let his hair down. He leaves his phone in the drawer. So hard for us agents to do that. But we need to do that. We need to recharge so we are better for our clients. Hey, favorite band. Favorite band? I would probably say, you know, Hootie and the Blowfish. Being down here in South Carolina, big Darius Rucker guy, uh, I'd go with Hootie. 
Uh, love it, love it, love it. Uh, text, phone, or face-to-face? Face-to-face. Every okay. time. You know, when you can see facial expressions and you can communicate in person, everybody's just so used to it. I I'm I like to text, but I would rather have a phone call. I'd go text, phone, face-to-face. Has to be. Right on. Audible or book? Audible because I can consume more in a shorter amount of time. Right on. Yeah. Okay. This is the last question. If you were a scratch and sniff sticker, a scratch and sniff sticker, what would you be? What would you smell like if we scratched your sticker? Ooh, that's a good one. I would say. A beach ball, you know, you smell like salt, sand, sunscreen, right? You know, maybe volleyball at the beach because that's what I'm about getting out there, living the life, the island life and um, getting messy with it. And, you know, so if I had to be a sticker, it'd be like something beach ball because it gets beach, sand, surf, sunscreen. Love Love that. Mine mine is uh, a sea breeze uh, margarita because I love being on the beach as well. I kite surf. And um, my wife loves to be with me, and we usually love to have a margarita on the beach together. So that's That's a good one. I like that. Right on. Hey, I've had Brandon with me here. Brandon Greenplate, amazing guest, amazing answers. Thank you so much for uh, sharing your return on life with us and how to do real estate down in Hilton Head Island. Thank you. Randy, thank you so much for having me. Yeah, and if anybody wants to explore the the lifestyle of Hilton Head or – the world of short-term rental investments, feel free to get in touch. Right on, Brandon. Take care. Thank you, Randy. Appreciate it.